1: Welcome back my friends to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob locked on browns brought to you by the locked on podcast network apple spotify odyssey wherever you listen to your podcast make sure you were either subscribed or listening to the lockdown brown podcast five-star ratings written reviews all the rage kids please and thank you today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On nfl podcast where today through September 8th, you will get the ultimate division preview. We are partnering with Odyssey and their experts over there. We will be breaking down one division per day, today through September 8th. Make sure you check it all out on Odyssey or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Roster cuts are coming in. Um, We've got some pretty significant amount thus far. Uh, we're going to break this all down here with Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith. Uh, we'll hit on the offense first, which I don't believe there's much surprises to this point. Uh, still have to get some determinations on the wide receiver position, the running back position. That's yet to come. Defense, uh, interesting. Some things we talked about yesterday with Pete, as far as you know the post game show from Atlanta uh, about the edge position. Maybe that's you know something got, we're going to have to monitor here in the coming days, as far as maybe people coming in, not necessarily going out. The defensive tackle position. And then, you know, of course, we'll get to what's left of um, I, collectively, and I believe Pete agrees. um, I think we have this Browns roster at about 63 players currently, uh, 10 players to be maneuvered. Um, Even Still after that, some things certainly can happen. Pete, offensively, um, you know, you had mentioned, you know, I think the luxury of carrying a fourth tight end was something the Browns were not going to be able to run away, you know, be able to pull off this year. And, you know, whether it was Franks, whether it was Mark Way certainly candidates for the practice squad. And you mentioned maybe that they can just go into that role as a taxi squad. If the Browns feel the need or have the need for a fourth tight end, that's going to be the route they're going to have to go this year.
0: I I don't see any reason they, they wouldn't go that route. I mean, they can put somebody on the, on the practice squad and activate them, but if they just keep a 10th lineman or, you know, nine, if that's the case, I, I think they're going to keep 10, but uh then they can simply put a, a off offensive lineman in as a tight end in a jumbo package. They they even last year they did it. Uh, Kendall Lamb caught a touchdown doing that. But just you have enough athletes. The guy who stands out for me if they keep him is Blake Hans, considering he's played literally all five spots on the offensive line. So he's he's six six, uh, you know three ten as somebody you could put as a tight end and just keep running the ball. There, there was not a guy. You know, they, they lost tight end four and Steven Carlson, they lost tight end five and Carl, uh, and Connor David never made sense to be, uh, with the amount of talent on this team to go, Oh, we're just going to go ahead and keep tight end six or seven. Uh, that said, you know, the one guy who's still on the roster and, and I, you know, I don't expect we'll make it because that would be insane to me, but, uh, I think they're, they're trying to sort of wait to make sure he can get to the practice squad is Johnny Stanley. Uh, but yeah, it, it just—they aren't going to throw the ball to that fourth tight end. I mean, I, you know, Stephen Carlson had a couple of catches, but Steven Carlson was a, a a far more, you know, accomplished player. He's he's a pretty good player. Could play tight end three and a couple other uh, other teams, but they weren't going to be like throwing the ball to Jordan Franks or uh, Kyle Markway. Those guys are going to be in there to block, and you know. They could do that with alignment.
1: Well, even when Carlson got his opportunities, you know, there were issues here, COVID wise, there were certainly, you know, uh, injuries with Austin Hooper. Uh, You know, there was a time where Harris and Bryant, they basically kind of, you know, jettisoned them due to the fact that there were, you know, were some mistakes. Uh, It doesn't mean he's certainly not going to have his fresh opportunity this year, but maybe, you know, Carlson maybe got put in as tight end for in a time of playing more because of a need. And, you know, that's something I guess where you're just going to, you know, occupy that spot here, you know, uh, with a practice squad type of player, uh, Kyle Lualetta, Pete, I think the most interesting thing on this was that basically it just seemed so definitive, like this is over, you know, he's going to go to somebody else's practice squad. It seemed like the Browns just basically said we're, we're done here with Lualetta.
0: Yeah. I don't know what, what, what that is. Um, you know, maybe as, as simple as, the Browns told him that, look, you're not going to get enough reps here. You may want to f- pursue other opportunities because you may may get another look there. But at the same time, you're like looking at this and going, Case Kim's probably not going to be here next year. So what does that mean? Are they intending to draft somebody or, for that? But it seemed like Lilletta would be fine with that. So I'd be curious to know what sort of the disconnect was or if that's you know, ultimately, he's still going to end up here in some form, uh, former function. But the the Browns have, uh, in the past, picked guys that maybe didn't jump out at you. I mean, they had what a kid from Princeton last uh, two years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. It, it may be just the Browns are sort of playing the field a little bit when it comes to their uh, third string quarterback to see if they can get sort of a better fit there. I'm not sure, but it, it does stand out as a little odd. Uh, but I'm curious curious what the explanation there is. Um, uh, Greg
1: Sadat, the player that you've been very high on, Pete, uh, unfortunately finds his way in IR. Uh, Kobe Gossett, uh, he was released. Um, So the shaping of this offensive line, obviously, you know, Michael Dunn, we're still waiting to hear kind of a word on injury-wise. Drew Forbes, maybe, you know, it doesn't look good, but still waiting to hear a definitive word on that. But offensive line seems to oh, have pretty much shaped up where it's going to be. And we'll get to this in the, of the third segment. But it's going to be the skill positions that's going to be pretty, you know, interesting, I guess. Because there's going to be, you know, some names that are going to go from here. And certainly guys probably warranted a roster spot. Just not good enough. And it's, so, it's still so fun to say. Just not good enough to make the Cleveland Browns this
0: season. Yeah, so right now there are 10 offensive linemen. Um, uh, I'm not saying that Bill Callahan told Greg Sonat pick something. I'm going to break it, uh, to put him on IR, but I'm not saying it didn't happen. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is one of those things where it just seems like very convenient that Greg Sonat, who had an outstanding preseason would be all of a sudden number on one PFS right tackle this summer, uh, but all of a sudden the Browns seem like they found a way to keep all of their offensive linemen, when they weren't supposed to be able to keep them, uh, other than Colby Gossett, who is who is pretty dreadful, uh, but still still good enough to find a home. Let me make that very clear. I, I think he should end up on another team. Uh, Michael Dunn, I don't know what the deal with his back is, uh, but yeah, I mean they're basically deciding if they want to keep ten linemen or not. Uh, and then you look at this John Kelly, sort of hanging out there. Now I I'm curious to know what happened when he came up sort of gimpy, if he just sort of got whacked or whatever, but uh, it stands out that he's still on there. I think they're trying to get something for him. Obviously the receiver situation, uh, I I still don't see how they keep four running backs, uh, a fullback and six receivers. It just doesn't make any sense. They're not going to get the ball to wide receiver six in that situation when they have Demetric Felton. Um, So I still believe that they're going to ultimately move on from Katero Hodge. I think they're going to trade him for something. I hope um, he's certainly valuable enough to get uh, swapped somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's sort of what we're waiting on offensively. I think the the blessing and the curse of, of the uh, Browns offense is the Browns knew exactly who's going to make their team and so does everybody else. So there's not a ton of, Surprise in that regard, so you know, does that sort of limit what teams are willing to offer? I don't know, but at the same time, you know, you if your waiver claim is is low, you're not going to get these guys. Like, I, I don't if, if he gets uh out there on waivers, Kadero Hodge, I, I have to imagine, is going to be a Detroit Lion, uh, but just by virtue of they have that high waiver claim, uh, but and some of these other teams, like. The Eagles could use wide receiver help. Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that that could use a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, Nikaro Hodge, whereas he would I don't think he would play. I think he'd be inactive every week if he's on the Browns. And I think, you know, I don't think they want to pay I think two point one million dollars for a guy to not play uh, on the end of the bench. So it just we'll see. The other thing I would keep in mind on this is some of these guys Um, that they've waived already or potentially could waive. Um, I'm curious to see if Porter Gustin clears waivers. If he does, I I can't imagine the Browns could get him to the practice squad fast enough. Uh, Javante Moffitt, same deal. Um, And are we waiting for some weird roster gymnastics where somebody's trying to be put on the active roster for a moment to then just be put on injured reserve. And in, in that case, are they bringing somebody back that they've already cut or do they have somebody else in mind? Again, for those reasons, you go look at Port augustine Javante Moffat, and if they get through waivers, they may be the guys that uh, they may be a guy that is immediately brought back uh, to the roster to sort of fill that spot. It's going to be uh, interesting. We're going to get to a little bit more here uh, heavily
1: on the defensive side of the ball here, where, all of a sudden, it kind of seems the depth at an extremely important position seems kind of a uh, grave, so to speak. Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your latest locked on Browns. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NCAA football, the NFL, and all your UFC MMA action. For the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Now, defensively, Pete, and I guess we'll start here because it seems to make the most sense. Um, Cameron Malvo released yesterday after a really nice showing Sunday night. Created well, PFF wise, but again with Cameron M- Mallow, athletically limited, age not the greatest of factors. Porter Gustin, looks like Tarzan. We've never seen anything really amount to you know the hope certainly that I had for a player of his athletic profile. Curtis Weaver, uh, another one that it did just nothing translated this summer. There was no, no moments where you said, oh maybe there is the player that you know put up this type of production in his career at Boise State. But now, Pete, you look at it, and you know we talked about Joe Jackson after you know the Atlanta game, and the fact that he's kind of just a guy that's going to you know kind of be assignment driven, do the dirty work. Um, but you have four on the roster currently, and you know Jadavian Clowney certainly has missed time during his career. You certainly know more than know what you have in Miles Garrett and Tack McKinley. Even though he's back, he's practicing. This group now, Pete, it's it. Yes, there's four of them, but it's it's a very, very short-ended group with Clowney's injury history, with whatever exactly the issues are with Tack McKinley, and with the fact that you know Joe Jackson has shown maybe he's limited, good in what he does limitedly. That's not a word, but good in that role. But all of a sudden, this edge room, Pete, looks pretty, pretty small on paper. Well,
0: the Browns at least. Messed around with the idea of Sheldon Day playing edge. And I I don't think Sheldon Day is going anywhere. Uh, That's one reason. Uh, I think they can sort of use him as a little bit of a toolsy up and down the line guy. Uh, They have not shown it. And the fact that, uh, one, I don't think they want to overload him and and put him in a a position to sort of struggle. But I think Malik McDowell could potentially be a guy that can kick out.
1: Also, uh, why tip your hand?
0: Yes, there's there's that element too, but so much of this is waiting on Andrew Billings. So much of this is waiting on some of these other guys to step up because right now if you know, again, I, I point out that you don't really need Billings for a month, which is insane on his face, but just you look at the way the schedule plays out and just Malik McDowell and Sheldon Day could essentially play nose against the Chiefs and you'd be perfectly fine. Uh, but the more they can get a guy like Billings to look like Andrew Billings and some of these other players can sort of look more the part we haven't really seen a lot of Malik Jackson. Obviously we haven't seen McKinley. We haven't seen Clowney. We haven't exactly seen how much they want to use him on the interior, which, you know, it it hasn't been much to this point. Uh, That may change sort of how they, how they, view this thing. But right now, the the guy that just stands out, and obviously, because he did it uh, on Sunday is Sheldon Day. And if if that's the case, then now all of a sudden, you do have a fifth end option. And I thought he looked pretty good. I know it was against guys who aren't, you know, making the roster, end of the roster guys, whatever. But the more you can do, uh, that certainly helps. And obviously, again, if you get guys on the practice squad, that you can activate, obviously you can only activate two a week, but that still becomes another option. So I think a guy like Sheldon Day's versatility can sort of add to that room, add to the
1: edge. One question I have as far as that though, Pete, when we're talking about it and maybe this does mean something Sheldon Day wise, but when we talk about players, we think that can kick out Malik Jackson, possibly Malik, the owl, possibly Sheldon Day, the, Issue I see here, Pete, is of the defensive tackle group, these guys have been the best so far this summer. So it's one of those questions of, you know, are you trying to make up for a weakness on the edge? But in the personnel groupings you're going to put out on the field, are you now basically shifting the weakness
0: to the interior? Well, this comes back to Andrew Billings. He has to be good. But the, the guy... Elliott needs to continue on this trend of what yeah, he had I mean, this that, week. That I think... I think that's the one where you're starting to feel a little better about what it means for the overall room. I, I think I think Sunday night, Jordan Elliott and Malik McDowell were a sigh of relief for a room that sort of needs it. Uh, Jordan Elliott was fantastic. Um, he was dominant, uh, and Malik McDowell continues to shine. So I think those two guys give you reason to be like, okay, we're, we're, we're not as bad as maybe it looks. So then you do have options with a guy like Sheldon day, but ultimately, you know, you're right. You need to have this squared away. Obviously we haven't seen much Malik Jackson, but he's obviously going to be here. So he should hopefully be a strength on the interior. So right now, you're looking at this and you're going right, right this second. You're saying Malik, Malik, the two Malik's and Jordan Elliott are the spine of your defensive line. Um, and now you're trying to get Andrew Billings where he needs to be. And you have Sheldon Day as sort of this swing guy who can do a lot of different things up and down the line. So I think that's where you can sort of, I don't want to say confident, but you can say cautiously optimistic, at least on the right track. It's certainly going to be, you
1: know, interesting. And it certainly would not surprise me if, you know, certainly another edge was brought in here, maybe just a pass row specialist, you know, somebody. And look, understanding the opportunity and the snap count that this player may get is not going to be a large amount, but uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt to get another body in here at this point. We'll see how that goes. Um, Marvin Wilson, Pete gone. It was an experiment. The Browns tried. I'm sure they'd love to get into the practice squad. We'll see how that goes. It's not like he showed much of anything this summer. Certainly do, looks nothing like the player from 2019 where, you know, I don't think anybody's going to be salivating that the fact that Marvin Wilson is on, you know, waivers, so to speak. And another interesting one here, you know, with Moffitt being moved on is MJ Stewart. You know, we talk about Demetric Felton on the offensive side of the ball, Pete, where, you know, he can be a running back. He can be a wide receiver, certainly can be a return man. You look at a player like M.J. Stewart, and there's certainly, there's a possibility of, you know, he could maybe play some safety, play some nickel, be, you know, your reserve reserve outside cornerback. Granted, we saw nothing essentially of him this summer. I know they liked him last year. You know, fans weren't as high on M.J. Stewart as it seemed the coaching staff was, did make some plays from time to time. But this may be one of these things where a player like M.J. Stewart and the fact that he's got – positional versatility may have at least gotten him at least this far into the round of cuts.
0: Well, my initial question with MJ Stewart is, is he healthy? Because he hasn't done anything. So is he a guy where they're looking at him and going, we can get him on short term IR and sort of defer that decision later down the road? Um, so in that Something case- may work itself out and we don't have to even make the decision. Right, so like, I know people are you know we, we we've seen Javante Moffat released and stuff, but if he's not picked up and they put MJ Stewart on short term IR, do they then then just bring back Javante Moffat, for example? I don't know, but the fact that MJ Stewart has literally done nothing makes me at least wonder if that's if that's the plan of some some way. Uh, so yeah, that's that's an interesting spot in that but there are a number of players that fit this obviously jacob phillips is hurt significantly so um it's entirely a question of are the Browns going to try to get him to the active roster so they can put him on ir and doesn't get to return later tony phillips did not play in the last preseason game still with the foot uh he did practice last week i don't i, I assume he's going to be out there in some capacity maybe this this coming week or whatever Is he a guy who's going to get put on IR with a designation to return later uh, as they sort of mess around with this? Because right now, the position that's like most loaded um, in terms of guys who aren't going to be here is linebacker. They've got a ton. They've only gotten rid of one. Um, So – or I should – one or two. T.G. Gray Scales, who, by the way, is a guy I like. um, And Willie Harvey both Gray scales and Willie Harvey are the guys that I looked at and went, these guys are earmarked for the practice squad. Um, so you have to make a decision on the other, basically eight linebackers they've got. Uh, they're not going to keep that many. So Phillips probably going to end up on IR. Uh, Tony Phillips, a decision has to be made. Do they like Elijah Lee as much as I do, uh, who played a ton of special teams? I'm assuming they do. Uh, do they make a decision on uh, do they decide they want to keep Mac Wilson in some form or fashion? Do they release him? Like they, they aren't, they have, that's the room right now where they have the most decisions to make. And it seems like they're waiting the longest. Uh, A lot of that may be in uh, roster gymnastics to come, you know, a guy like Malcolm Smith could be somebody you can cut and resign because he's not subject to waivers. He makes like a million dollars. They could, you know, easily go here's 10 grand, I uh, want you hang out for a day? Uh, so, I mean, th- 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 that's a position group where they have a ton of decisions to make, and it's going to totally reshape it. Marvin Wilson is interesting to me only for the standpoint of seemingly you'd be like, somebody's going to and maybe they will, but he's a very specific player. I don't know how many teams want a Marvin Wilson on their active roster. It doesn't mean it won't happen. I could certainly see teams doing it. I could see the Jaguars doing it. I could see the, the Tennessee Titans doing it. I mean, what the hell are those two teams playing for? Uh, there are other teams in that boat. The Bengals, for example, could could grab a guy like Marvin Wilson, uh, even if only temporarily. But you have to keep that guy in there for three weeks. Does that get him to potentially to, to the, through uh, to the practice squad? A- 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 AJ Green did not make the team his first year, and they paid him all that money. You know, it was essentially six round yeah, picks. Led down through all, the practice squad. He made it on the practice squad, and then they signed him, and now he's likely to make the team. So uh, there's this like mass, like this seemingly disappointment with Mar Wilson. I don't see it as a, a major disappointment. I- again, I, I thought I-, I expected more from him personally. Or given expected what I saw. something so, at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, given what I saw in college, he he had an NFL body. He he showed real strength. Um, but you know, in the same way, I think Tommy Togi is sort of potentially a year away from being a year away. Uh, I think Marvin Wilson might be a guy who just needs to keep developing, and more than anything, he needs to stay healthy. Which I think, if he could do that for a year, it might make him, uh, might be the best thing for him. So. I don't rule him out. I'm kind of inclined to think that somebody's going to grab him, but I'm not pronouncing him dead. Uh, Sheldrick Redwine, another guy I could see make the practice squad. He's not a guy I'm necessarily excited to see on the practice squad. Uh, I like the kid. I just wish he was better uh, as a player, but that's him and Elijah Benton could both end up on the practice squad.
1: The thing with Redwine was, is, you know, every now and then he'd make a play and, you know, people would kind of get somewhat excited about it. But it was kind of like, you know, he was kind of like a seventh-place hitter in baseball. The guy batted 207, but, you know, once a week took somebody yard for a 450-foot shot, but, you know, you ignored the overall complete body of work. We're going to get to just a couple of, you know, other you know, spots here as we move on into the third segment. Um, you know, we, we've done a good job, obviously, covering, you know, what has transpired thus far. Andrew Berry moving directly, moving swiftly through these uh, last round of cuts here, getting the Browns ready. Um, for you know, getting close to what will be Final 53, heading in to Kansas City. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Again, directtv.com. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors and sometimes the occasional limited-time flavor? When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they are certainly passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar lineup by now, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. Mint brownie is king in the Lloyd household. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Most of the flavors have 70 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. Go to BiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15, and you'll get 15% off your First order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Now, Pete, you had mentioned Kaderil Hodge and the Detroit Lions, which just seems like a perfect fit. A number one, John Dorsey is how Kaderil Hodge originally got here. Kaderil Hodge has a history with Jared Goff from their da- days with the Rams, obviously not a large one. And if you look at what the Lions tried to do this off season, They're trying to improve their team in the trenches out. And with, if that's your philosophy and trying to think that, you know, let's keep these games low scoring, that's obviously going to give us our best opportunity to stay in games. Hodge as a solid special teamer. And I mean, you say wide receiver three, wide receiver four. I don't even know who wide receiver one is right now for the Detroit Lions. This seems just too perfect of a match. And if Andrew Barry can get his hands possibly on a day three pick where it seems like he's having a lot of luck lately, this just seems like something on paper that is just, you know, way too easy to just, you know, where it's going to take a 90 second phone call and, you know, Kaderil Hodge is essentially off wearing the Hawaii blue. The,
0: the question is uh, like, that's the easiest, cleanest way to do it. Um, I am curious if, he's holding out for a play. May, maybe as simple as trying to get the best bid on a, on a pick. Um, I am curious if they are looking for some sort of player uh, that could help them in some, some way. I don't that those are always the most complicated. I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, he is better than what the, certainly a lot of what the lions have. I mean, they got rid of Brashad Perriman uh, and they have, guys i guess i mean they 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 drafted the kid out of usc i know they have him but overall it's it, it's a rough go- uh that's st brown they, they have just not much there and a cadero hodge could absolutely you know he's not going to be a star necessarily but certainly give jared goff a little more help there i mean the lines are bad i mean they're a very very bad team may, they may not be inclined to give something up but there are teams like the Eagles or the Patriots or some of these other teams that could absolutely look at a guy like uh, like Hodge, who is big, he's strong, he blocks, he's got speed down the field, he can help you stretch stretch a defense out, and he catches passes when you throw them to him. So do teams like that look at him and go, you know, he's worth a sixth or, or, or conditional something? Uh, they should. I'm hoping they do. Uh, you know. That, that would be the best thing for, for I think, Kadero Hodge is, is to find somewhere um, that allows him to play. And I, I, I can't say this enough. I just don't think he will play in Cleveland to be still here.
1: Uh, and the other thing is I don't think this Browns team is in a position right now where they can say, yeah, we really love him as a gunner. There's just too many other people. It you know, goes along the lines of you know, having the luxury of you know, rostering a fourth tight end. And, you know, if you're going to have a deep secondary, you know, or, and guys like A.J. Green, M.J. Stewart, if they're going to make this roster or you know, whoever the fourth and fifth safety is, there's going to be other things that these guys are going to have to do other than waiting for their opportunity to, you know, get an opportunity to take a snap in the secondary. So it certainly makes for an interesting one here. Um, Davion Davis, this is a situation that's not going to have to work itself out right now. Jamarcus Bradley, again, you know, had a decent summer, a decent showing. Um, There's bottom end teams in the NFL where maybe he's got a better shot. We'll see how that works out for him. Pete 51. And, you know, I don't know if this is maybe, and I do agree with you that uh, there's the spot here to get Jacob Phillips to IR with the possibility of saying, Hey, it could be a, a late November, early December back to the roster where, Hey, Malcolm Smith, can you take one for the team? Yes. We're giving you 1 million this year. Can you do me a favor? Go home. 48 72 hours and now all of a sudden we're talking 1.175 million for the season. But 51 Pete, I, I just don't get it and I I don't see where he starts. I don't see where he actually plays. He doesn't play special teams.
0: I I just don't understand how it's still going on. Uh, the best ki- the best argument I think for Mac Wilson is to say he is certainly more physical uh, against the run than Malcolm Smith or JOK. But after that, you run out of stuff quickly because Malcolm Smith's way better in coverage. He did it last year. He was a genuinely good find when Mac Wilson initially got hurt. And Mack Wilson never got the job back from him. You don't love Ma- uh, Malcolm Smith like working in the box, but uh, just in general, he is more suited to where the NFL is going in general. You're not obviously cutting J O K. He's gonna be there. So how quickly do you find yourself in a situation where Mac Wilson is your third will? Because he doesn't do anything else. And as you mentioned, he had three special team snaps last year. And I have not seen him on special teams in the preseason this year, which suggests he's still not doing it. So what are we doing here? Like this is why you look at a guy like Elijah Lee, who is um a, a good special teams player they brought him in and he played like basically every special teams snap they had and he's shown to be a functional backup mic which is something they could use right now so that's where you sort of look at this and you look at the depth of the roster is gonna play a ton of special teams but you've got to find special team snaps through a lot of guys on the back end of the roster i mean Demetric felton uh, obviously has some value um, as a receiver and running back, and you, you like that about him, but ultimately the the biggest reason he is going to make this team is because he is a kick returner, he's a punt returner, he's a gunner. Like he does all these jobs that the bronze desperately need. Anthony Schwartz, if he's ever right, they intend to put him as a gunner. Uh they need to find snaps for these spots. So when you're you're looking at a guy who's potentially a third string Weak side linebacker plays no special teams. It's tough. I mean, Sioni Taki Taki plays a ton of special teams as a Sam. People keep trying to get rid of Andy Janovich for some reason. He plays a ton of special teams. So that's where I get sort of confused on how this works out for him. They you know I I I I am lost on the appeal um from a football standpoint that says we have to keep this guy. So we'll see. I I, I it would be absolutely befuddling to me to say, look at this and go, yeah, we're going to keep him another year when we don't really have any, a, a job for him.
1: It, it's, it's, it's certainly head scratching at this point. Maybe it is to the fact that Malcolm Smith might not be here for a day or two while you try to sneak Phillips to IR. You want at least a body in here, uh, you know, to get you through practice. I I don't know. And the other thing is if they are intending to move on from Mac Wilson, uh, the best thing for Mac Wilson is to just get it over with. So, you know, at least Mac Wilson isn't scrambling. You know, he's in this fray, you know, before teams are even getting closer and closer to the 53, and he's got at least got an opportunity to cling on somewhere else. Other than that, none of this seems to make any sense to me. Um, if you're looking for a tracker for all the latest uh, as far as the roster cuts, make sure you're checking that out. Uh, Pete and the team have that over running on Browns Digest through SI.com. Make sure you're checking that out. Obviously, you know, the kicking butt here with all this work is just prepping. Everybody's prepping, getting ready for September 12th in Kansas City. So check out all the written work, the podcast through Browns Digest, of course, on SI.com. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself at On Browns follow back account. DMs are open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Uh, we are just, you know, going through this here and obviously day by day, you know, all the more action, all the more stuff coming this way. And we are, you know, just all eyes on September 12th in Kansas City, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Odyssey, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you are subscribed or following the On Browns podcast and leading those five star ratings and of course the written reviews this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound LGB on the LOB let's go